Welcome to the Vineyard Cleveland podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For further information and other resources, please visit vineyardcleveland.org. We're journeying God's stories today, and um, is he coming back? Is he coming? Is he coming back? There he is. Hey, not so fast there. Not so fast, bro. Not so fast, bro. Hey, you guys, please. How, how long you got? You got five. Do you have five minutes to encourage us? Come on. Hey, everybody give it up for brother Marcus from Resurrection Church here with us today. Marcus Taylor. This is my buddy Marcus. Good morning. We're sharing God's stories today, Marcus. Yeah. (laughs) So me me and my wife... Me and my wife are, um, me and my wife are headed out. We've got a meeting we have to get to before our one o'clock service. But I met your pastor. Um, try to get through this without crying. I met your pastor um, at Public Square last Friday. Was it last Friday? And as uh, soon as I came into the tent, like he was just singing and going forth, and uh, it just really just moved my heart so deeply. And uh, I said, I have to know him. I have to collaborate with him. And I remember approaching the stage and saying, hey, can I play with you? Can I play with you? <laughs> and so, like, I was fighting myself not to jump on that piano to play with them. I was like, that would, that would be so rude because, you know, he didn't, he didn't ask me to do it. So I started playing with him, and, and then he started to wrap his set up, and then he walked away, and then he came back, and he said, hey, man, I just feel so connected to you. Here's, you know, I think, was it a card, or we just exchanged something? I just know we're supposed to be in fellowship together. And... Um, I said, okay, man, I, I've been lead pastor for seven years, and it's been a very lonely road when it comes to connecting with other pastors. Most of my pastoral friends are in another state. So I've been praying, God, connect me, connect me, connect me. And uh, gosh, we just met, and I said, I got to visit Vineyard. And we rushed over here, and as soon as I came in, just such a warm, inviting community. But I, I do have a word from the Lord, and I hear this, is don't get comfortable with where you are because there are, there's a wave of people coming in here that need healing, and there's getting ready to be such revival in this place. There's such a fresh wind of revival. You're going to see people like you've never seen um, just, like, stretched out all over the floor. You may be experiencing that now, but it's going to get so weighty in here. The glory of God is going to be so powerful in here, so don't. Don't find it odd if new people are just breaking down at the altar, running to the altar. If they're not already doing it now, it's going to increase in numbers. Encourage them because people are coming from the north, the east, the west to be a vineyard and to meet Jesus. Amen. So I just want I just want you guys to know revival is hitting this place. I know you're experiencing measures of it now, but it's about to come in waves, waves of glory, healing, miracles, signs and wonders. And so I'm just grateful to be a part. I pray that next time I come, I can serve in any capacity, piano, trash, announcements. I just, I just want to be connected to this community, and it's an honor to be here today. And we have to get out of here. We love you. I'll see you at one. Yeah, I'll see you at one. 
Hey, as, as Brother Marcus is on his way out, let's just bless Resurrection Church. Father, we bless Resurrection Church as you go. Uh, Marcus, we pray the fullness of God's presence over you, your family, and the family at Resurrection. We pray, Father, the same that was prayed over us, we pray in return. Just blessing upon blessing for Resurrection Church. In this season, God, would you um, cultivate a heart for pres- your, your presence and your glory resting there over Lutheran West, even as they meet together at one o'clock. God, fill the temple, fill the people with your presence, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Go with God, Marcus. We love you. I'll see you. I'll see you at one. Okay, so today, God's stories, we're really excited for a few stories to be shared, and we're going to open it up a little bit, but I wanted to uh, first start with a video from a friend of mine. This is... uh, my buddy Tim, who the, the, the 50 hours of prayer that, that Marcus was talking about, Tim is the one who set that together. And so he put together a video for us because um, he's not able to join us this morning. And so we're going to cue that up and take a look at what Tim is journeying right now.
show up before Jesus and say, Lord, I am here for you. This is hard. This is heavy, but I want you. He just comes and refreshes my heart. He comes and refreshes my soul. He brings revelation to my heart. Things I should let go of. Things that I need to forgive or whatever. That he's just worth the effort, even when it's hard. So I just wanted to share this to encourage anyone else who feels in the same place. That if, if it feels hard to get into his presence, if you feel like you don't know where he is, if you feel like heavy, that just keep showing up before Jesus and he'll give you life you never need. So I just want to pray that quick blessing over, over all you guys. That, Lord, we thank you that you're worth the effort it takes to get into your presence, you're worth showing up in there. And so Lord, I ask for all that's in here this evening that you would give us grace to show up again. And that when we show up, Lord, that you would meet us, that we'd see it, we'd see your face, that you'd bring us fresh revelation of you and bring refreshing to every weary and heavy and tired soul. We ask that you do that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Tim. Um, so, so I, my my testimony recently, my God story recently has been uh, just how how Marcus was here this morning um, has been surrounding like the the tent experience down there at Public Square, where you know I wasn't expecting to lead. Uh, a set for two hours. I think originally I was like, hey, Tim, either give me like the five o'clock or the six o'clock slot. And so he kept both of them um, waiting on me to choose one. And I never got back with him and chose one. So I guess I just did both. <laughs> so, so, um, so as I was worshiping there, I just um, felt this sense of gratitude to the Lord um, for the space that had been set up there and just found myself singing thank you and Tim made fun of me later he said yeah you were on thank you for like an hour and a half you know that right I'm like man it felt like five minutes really that I was singing thank you um, and it was just wonderful so towards the end so here here's the, here's the goods towards the end when I was getting ready to finish up my set, uh, Marcus came, as he said, uh, to the side of the stage, and he, you know, he asked me if, if he could play a little bit with me, and I said, sure, and he came up, and um, as we were playing together, it was like, I was playing, and it was strangely familiar. I was like, where do I, where do I know this from? I know, I, I haven't felt this in a long time. Ooh, this is good. This is really nice. Where do I know this from? Um, so what, for context, uh, the Lord has, has chosen, you know, and allowed for Sarah and I to move in a lot of different multi-ethnic ministry situations. In Chicago, on the south side, we were used to develop a worship ministry that reached out to all different ethnicities um, through worship, and it was wonderful. And in Augusta, again, we saw like the Lord move through us, where we did this um, 
we did this worship ministry called The Bridge, and the Lord says, what about, what about Hispanic folks? Do Hispanic folks get in on this too, Evan? And I'm like, okay, all right. And so I went, and I, and I met my friend, Pastor Angel, at Oasis de Benedicion, and um, together with Beulah Grove Baptist and uh, Reverend Kevin Staley and myself, we saw you know thousands of people gather in in the city at different locations to worship Jesus, and it really was a picture of heaven. When Revelation says uh, that every tribe, tongue, nation will be represented before the um, the throne of God, we felt like we were practicing. And so me and my cleverness, when I came to Cleveland, I thought, well, gosh, I know what's coming. I know what's going to happen. Like, it's going to happen again. And granted, being a Columbus boy, um, I didn't know anything about Cleveland. You'd think I'd do my homework as a history major at Ohio State, but I, I didn't do my homework in, about Cleveland. And, and you guys know who have heard me preach before, I didn't think that anybody lived above the 270 outer belt. So there's people up there by the lake? Like, who... Really, people live up there? And so I didn't know the dynamic of Parma, of Parma Heights, east side, west side, uh, the valley, the great divide between us. I didn't know all of this stuff. And I came in full force, for those of you who knew me, and, um, you know, just plowed ahead, and I tried to knock on doors. I tried to meet with pastors of different ethnicities, and it never seemed to work. And I was frustrated to the point of tears in my room alone. God, why aren't you doing this? You did this before. Why aren't you doing it now? And that turned into resentment of the Lord. You should be doing this, and you're not. And I got mad at him. I'm like, why'd you put me in Parma Heights? You don't know what you're doing. Be careful, be careful how arrogant that prayer was. How arrogant that prayer was. And so I was, I was leading worship and Marcus came and asked me if he uh, could play along with me. I realized that that familiar feeling was the same feeling that had happened when I played with Steve in Chicago and Kevin in Augusta. And there on the stage, I just broke down. And I said, God, you're so good. You are so good to me. Because I, um, I believe in the power of partnership. And other than what will happen or what won't happen between Resurrection Church and Vineyard Cleveland, all that is beside the point. God began to heal my heart from some of, some of, those, um, some of those accusations that I had against him for putting me in the wrong place or for not seeing the timing the way that I thought it should be. Because his timing is perfect. And that's my testimony, that his timing is perfect. That's my God story right now. That he's good to heal our hearts. All that other stuff, ministry, what he can do through you, all that is beside the point. He's really about our hearts and getting a hold of our hearts and making sure that our eyes are focused on him and know his goodness and his favor that rests on every single one of us. And I felt so loved. That's the thing. I felt so seen by the Father. I got done, finished, I finished up playing my set. I packed up the guitar. I was hungry for some Taco Bell. I was like, I got to get out of downtown and get some Taco Bell. If you guys have had that double steak grilled cheese burrito, you know what I'm talking about. 
Things like the best special menu item of all time at Taco Bell. That's my God story. That thing is amazing. Uh, and I got, to the, I got to the car. I put my guitar in the car. And as soon as I shut the door, the Holy Spirit said, I thought I told you to go, to, to go back. What are you doing? I was like, well, I'm leaving. And he's like, no, you're not. And so I went back, and Marcus and I had a, just a wonderful discussion the other night. We were on the phone for an hour and a half. He's been in Cleveland seven years. Sarah and I have been in Cleveland seven years. And it's just a match made in heaven. It's just wonderful. So anyway, that's my testimony this, this morning, my uh, story of God's faithfulness in my journey to heal things in my heart. Um, he's just so good like that. So, Yeah. It's important to give our testimony. It's important to share. We see all through the Old Testament and New Testament, I will praise you, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will tell of of all your marvelous works. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. My mouth will tell of your righteous acts, of your deeds of salvation all the day, for their number is past my knowledge. In the New Testament as well, In Luke, return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. And he went away proclaiming throughout the whole city how much Jesus had done for him. Mark 5, and he did not permit him, but said to him, go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And so, and I'm going to save the last one because I wanted to invite a friend a friend of mine up to share her God story and what God is doing in her life. And then we're going to open it up a little bit. And I know there's vulnerability with that and there's riskiness, but we're commanded. We're, we're told by Jesus himself to open our mouths and to share how else will the goodness of God go forward? If we don't share, if we don't tell, if we don't testify. So I wanted to invite a friend of mine up, Sharon, Fourth, if you guys wanted to welcome Sharon. And Sharon's going to share a little bit. Thank you, Evan. This is hard to follow those two, Tim's and then Evan's. But uh, just a few weeks ago, we heard that over 80% of Christians in America don't find God relevant. And I, I had to speak up because um, the word tells us in Revelation that it's through our testimony, the word of our testimony, that the enemy is overcome. And uh, being one of the oldest and probably the oldest of the members of this church or the church family, um, and I'm not old, Evan. There's no old. I haven't figured what old is. So as long as I'm still young or, you know, I'm just older. (laughs) That's right. Younger every day. Um, And so I came up with, to keep my mind and my thoughts on track, I came up with three points. And this is not going to be a sermon. But I started out with relevance because I wanted to remind us that God is relevant and then remembrance remembering and then recent 
Um, just this week, several things happened that really helped me pull this all together. First of all, I got a message from a cousin that doesn't know me very well, and she found out that David and I are in retirement, and she uh, heard that we were able to travel and do things, and she said, I'm sure you deserve that. Well, let me read back to you what I wrote her, because I just couldn't let that go. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear, I don't, <laughs> I don't know about deserving it, but so grateful for it. Just today, I was looking back on a few things the Lord has brought me through. 19 moves since I was 18, loneliness that went along with that, deep depression, cancer, homelessness for one year, needing to live with another family, and uh, which turned into a blessing, etc. I do have much to be thankful for. Um, and I do have much to be thankful for. So as I was remembering all those things that happened, I wanted to bring it up to date and let you know that God is involved in our lives because without him, the, the Bible says, uh, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. And uh, this, this, this house, my life and David's life, has been built on the Lord. He, we have let him build it. Uh, so this, just this week, this is recent, my third R, um, we had special blessings. David got a call the other night from a friend in, down in Texas and we had met him in all of these moves. We had met him when about 35 years ago, and he had just come from China. And he was going to be studying here in the States. And we stayed real close to him. Um, and he called David to tell him that he had started going to church and he's studying his Bible. And uh, he told David that we are his family. So I would just... <laughs> Love the Lord for, you know, he's using the things, the people that, the precious people that we have met in all of our moves. And then um, a young woman contacted me. She wrote a letter uh, telling me this week that she wanted to get back in contact with me. And she's Muslim. We met her um, probably um, when we lived in southern Ohio, whenever that was. And so... <laughs> Uh, just being able to keep these precious people, and then, of course, moving up here, which is the last place I ever wanted to move, being from... <laughs> I had heard terrible things about Cleveland, I'm sorry. But you, but you... You all are wonderful, and I love being here. So, and, 20, and uh, this week, Dave and I celebrated 26 years since my uh, cancer... Uh, surgery. Yes, yes, yes. And one, many good things came out of that. One of the good things the Lord brought out of it was that David and I grew much, much closer. In fact, we're going to be going. We've been married now uh, almost 51 years. And we... <laughs> and we're going to go to a marriage retreat down in Texas at the end of this month. We... We figure we need to end strong here. So, um, and then 
concerning, I mean, God has used everything. Concerning the homelessness, uh, that year we lived with a man and his family that desperately needed us as much as we needed him, and he became a brother. But during that time, uh, I, we were introduced by him to spiritual direction, and spiritual direction has just built my faith, um, seeing God work in people's, women's lives. Uh, as far as the loneliness and the depression, how did God deal with that? Well, remember the verse in Isaiah that talks about wait, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And I heard years ago that waiting on the Lord is, has the uh, meaning behind it of uh, like a vine wrapping itself tightly around a pole or something. And that is exactly how David and I have stood strong. Uh, all these years, the, the loneliness, the depression made us learn to get to know the Lord better and love him dearly. So um, that is my testimony, and may the Lord overcome some uh, of the enemy's works, whatever that might be, whether it's to uh, keep us hopeless or uh, and not expecting good things to come out of what's going on in our lives right now. Thank you. Thank you, Sharon. Um, hey, last Sunday, here's another testimony, a quick one for you, that you guys collectively gave well over $1,000 to support the youth ministry and leadership development in youth. So good on you. There's funds. That, yeah, awesome. Such a good testimony that we'll be able to send kids to conferences, to leadership opportunities for them next year because of your generosity. I wanted to play you a voicemail that we got. She was planning on being here this morning, but she was unable to ma make it. Listen to this, and then I'll pull it away when she gives her phone number. How about that? Hi, uh, my name is Shirley, and Sunday... There was a pastor there. I'm sorry, I don't remember his name. But said there was a, someone with an esophagus problem. And that's the only issue I think that he pointed out. And it was out of the blue when he said it. Well, I was the one with the esophagus problem. And I had a testimony since Sunday at church. Um, I have not had one issue or heartburn condition with my esophagus since, and my phone number. She's talking about Joel Seymour. You would tell the pastor, who was a guest speaker on Sunday, um, that since Sunday, I haven't had not one issue uh, after the prayer team prayed over me. My number is four. Uh, once again, my name is Shirley, um, and thank you very much. So there you go. Jesus heals <laughs> esophagus issues, all kinds of issues. wanted to open it up a little bit today. Do any of you have a story, a God story of how God is moving in your life, how the Holy Spirit is moving in your life? Anybody would like to share? 
Okay. You guys, this is Sandy. Hello. Um, I'll stand. Just, um, all right, so this is, I've had a lot of long-term issues. I think most of us can relate to that. And one of them is just always feeling like, so my brother and I, we both work for the same company. We were talking about this diversity and inclusion meeting we went to, and he was like, I kind of rolled my eyes a little when someone said that something made her feel othered, and we are like, what is that term and everything? But when we talked it through and thought about it, we realized well, I wouldn't want someone to make me feel other, and I felt like that was how I felt my whole life. I did not fit in, not even with family, because I'm out of four siblings, I'm the only girl, and um, school I didn't fit in, um, even Air Force, even in my marriages, I've been married twice, divorced twice, I'm single if you know anybody. Um, <laughs> but what God's been working on me and what I've, what I've found is that here in this Vineyard Cleveland community, I do not feel othered. I feel like I belong and I feel like this is the first place in my life where I felt like I belonged. And also God has revealed to me the reason I feel othered is because this world is not where I belong and it's the kingdom. So I just wanted to share that. Yeah. Amen. Thank you, Sandy. It's true. Uh, in the Psalms, we read that God sets the lonely into families. It's his heart to make family from broken pieces, broken people, to make things that are um, half whole again. And I think I, I, I'm with you, Sandy. He's making me whole again as well. We love to hear stories of belonging and stories of um, inclusion. That's a big deal. Anybody else feel like you would have something to share? Susan, I'll come to you. How about that? Hey, this is my friend Susan. Susan serves at Seeds of Hope and is a awesome person. Aww. Thank you so much. I Let's hear about exactly it, Susan. exactly the same way. Um, I've struggled with depression for a long time in my life, and um, it comes and goes. Um, I do take medication for anybody who thinks that, you know, that you're not Christian enough if you need medication. It is a, you know, physical thing, but it is also very spiritual. And, um, so a couple weeks ago, I asked for prayer, and um, the, the um, ladies who prayed for me said that I really, really needed to be still. And I've been told this by the same ladies before. So, <laughs> so I started my Monday morning um, with a devotion. I do this every day because I'm retired now. And um, as I was listening to the devotion, it was talking about God being our strong tower. And he was comparing it to the lighthouse and how, you know, when you're in the waves, you know, the waves will hit you, but it will keep you strong, you know. And as I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking, oh, my friend Sherry really loves lighthouses. 
that would be really cool. At the beginning of the um, meditation, there was a poem. I could write that poem out for her and maybe get a lighthouse. And yeah, that would be really cool to do. And then it, just other people kept coming to mind. And um, as I listened more and more, I thought, the Lord telling me, this is for you, Susan. This is for you. So it's fine. I mean, I'm just wired that way to love to give to people, you know. And, um, you know, but if I don't take that time to be still and just really, really feel the love of Jesus, fill me up. I have not had a depressed day since. So I really feel like that that's a supernatural answered prayer. So Amen. Thank you. So good. Thank you, Susan. Okay, I think just time for maybe one more. Hey, this is Sharon. She's amazing. If there's, if there's one thing that the Lord is, has <clears throat> put on my heart to be is to be a conduit of his love to people, and it's something I really want to do. And in the last six months or so, he's been pointing out the issues I have with anger and judgment. <clears throat> and, uh, it, and in the last few weeks, I've been, he's been really making it forefront, as in <laughs> I was calling for something for medical help, and the lady was not very pleasant to me, and I actually swore at her and hung up the phone. And this is like this super red flag to me because it was happening over and over and over again, really ugly displays of anger. So I've been taking it to the Lord for a long time, and nothing seemed to be changing. And then <clears throat> I took it to my, talked to my women's group or my Bible study group, and while we were talking, it was like self-control was what was coming to my mind. And I started telling them this, like, in traffic particularly, when I will let somebody in, but if they go in front of me, it's like, hey! <laughs> and, and I was telling the group that it felt like it was knee-jerk reaction, that there was never any time for me to stop and not let this happen. And the Lord... <laughs> He said, no, 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 no. Do you remember how many times I've warned you that this was coming and giving you an opportunity to choose other than anger? And you chose, and I did. <clears throat> you chose to be angry. This is something that we want to work on self-control for you and something I don't know how to do. Um, and so most recently, what I'm starting to feel is that this is, I think he's showing me, and in order to be the person and do in the kingdom what I want to do, he's got to do some fundamental changes. And obviously there's a deep root. There's a root that needs to be pulled out that I feel dis, dis, dissed, as they say, when somebody does something to me. So that needs to be pulled out. But I think what he's been telling me is I have to start exhibiting, I have to partner and start exhibiting self-control. And then he will be able to do what he wants and use me in the ways I want him to use me. It's ongoing for sure, but it's, I feel so grateful that he's going to start helping me change this and be the person I want to be. Amen. It's good. Thanks, Sharon. T4, do it. Hey, this is my friend Thomas. Give it up. All right. Uh, 
Lucas said God will give me the words, so if this goes poorly, it's on him. Uh, so um, over the past, I don't know, around year, year and a half or so, uh, I went through a lot of difficult things in my life, and I kind of turned to doing some, making some bad decisions. And uh, so that, that wasn't great. So over kind of at the beginning of this past summer, it kind of all hit a peak, and I ended up at some point agreeing to go into this uh, kind of like retreat thing through a group uh, called Young Life. I, got, I heard about it through my good friend Christine. Love you. Boop, boop. Um, and while I was there, it was kind of, it was basically like a camp, like a summer camp, and it was, uh, so we were like working there, and we all slept in like these bunks. Uh, and, I, and I woke up at like 3 o'clock in the morning one of those nights. And so something that I've always kind of turned to like when I'm dealing with something is music. And that's always kind of kept me grounded and somewhat close to Jesus, especially when things got really difficult. Um, and I just woke up with this like idea for like this chorus of this song. And like I was thinking about it like, oh, this is 100% about God. And so I wrote it down and my brain stopped for a second to think about what to write next, and my hand just kept moving. It just kept writing out things, and I'm looking at it, and it was about how, like, God won't let you give up on yourself, especially when, like, you truly believe that you have given up and it's all over. He's going to keep putting things right in front of you that say, hey, I'm still right here, and you, you're, you're not too far gone, and you always have just, you're one step away from being right where you need to be, and just... I don't know. God's always good, and he's always looking out for you. And so that's what I have. Amen.